Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to dive into what I think is kind of an underappreciated stone. We're going to talk about the healing properties of angelite. But before we get started, I want to answer one of our listener questions. And remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. So today's question comes from Terry Z and Terry says, I am so new to this wonderful crystallizing lifestyle and I'd like to know the best way to store and keep my crystals safely, either in display or put away for safekeeping. My collection is beginning to grow and I need a good system. Terry, you are so not alone in this. Um, So I'm going to just share a little bit about like my personal story with building up my crystal healing toolkit and the kind of different stages that I went through in terms of storing my stones. So I want to just point out here before I really dig into these different methods that you really need a system that's going to work for you no matter what, like above all else, make it something that's going to work for you and make sure that whatever you choose, it's really simple because if your crystals are too stashed and stored away and it's kind of, you know, a pain or a little bit difficult to really get to them, then that's going to hinder your actual use of your crystals. So you want to make sure first and foremost that this is really an easy system that you can get to everything you need, even if you have a lot of stones. So when I first started with my crystals, I honestly just kept them all in a pouch together because I just had a few and I had a couple that were clusters that I set out um, on a windowsill because at that time, my husband and I, we shared a really, really small apartment and I didn't really have any room for sacred space. So I just made do with what I had and I had a windowsill. It was a really tiny little apartment and that worked really well for me. So once you kind of have that part figured out, what's actually going to work for you, um, then it's really just about taking those next kind of steps. So for me, that was just keeping all my crystals in one little pouch. But if you do that, something important to consider is the actual mineral hardness of your crystals. Because if you have a really soft stone and with your harder stones, they're going to get scratched if they're all kind of jumbled together in a pouch. So for example, if you had something like angelite or selenite in with, you know, some smoky quartz or some lapis or something like that, they're going to get a little bit scuffed up. So if you want to make sure that doesn't happen, you might want to keep those softer stones someplace separate. Now, when I outgrew one little pouch for all my crystals, I decided that I would put them in seven different pouches and kind of organize them by chakra center. Because at that time, that's primarily how I was working with them. So remember, I said, find a system that really works for you. Well, at that time, I started to do a lot of healing sessions, in particular, a lot of chakra balancing sessions. So I found that having my crystals organized by the chakra was the most helpful. So they were kind of almost based on color. Um, I had my red, brown, and black crystals all in one pouch for the root chakra, 
orange and peach crystals for the sacral chakra, so on and so forth. So that really worked well for me. But then, as I kept acquiring more and more crystals for my toolkit, I kind of outgrew those little pouches. And I decided what I'd really like to do, because it would have my crystals a little bit more accessible and available to me, kind of on the day-to-day, was have a big carved wooden bowl in the middle of my coffee table. And I had all my crystals in this bowl, and then I had some of the clusters, again, put on that Um, windowsill and then I put up a shelf where I had a few of my larger pieces. So eventually this became also problematic. I have a little bit of a crystal problem as you might imagine and when especially when I started teaching classes and I needed more crystals to show as examples and things like that. um, I ended up using those little uh, storage boxes and the like little bead boxes and here's the thing, when I when I was really first working with crystals, there were all these rules that I read that said crystals must, must, must always be stored in natural materials. They have to be stored in cotton or silk. Um, but I don't really work with silk because it's actually, I, I don't know, I know a lot of people love it in terms of kind of its um, supposed like spiritual energy and vibration. But if you've ever kind of watched how silk is made, if you've watched a little uh, introduction to that, a little snippet video. It's really kind of sad and I feel really bad for those poor little silkworms. So I don't personally use silk. I'll use um, an organic cotton or organic linen, something like that, a really nice natural fiber if that's how you want to go. I actually really like natural fabrics in general, but for storing my crystals, it was like this rule, right, that you would see printed in all kinds of books and all over the internet, only natural materials. And so... I had all these little linen pouches and things like that that I was using for my stones. And I mean, that that did work, but when I acquired kind of so many that I kind of outgrew my little pouch system, I really had a, another think about storage when it came to crystals. And here's the thing. The reason we store our crystals in something is not just for the convenience of having them be a little bit more mobile and portable, but... It's also to keep them kind of cleansed and cleared in between uses. So I thought, well, natural materials are supposed to be more conductive of energy, right? I mean, that's why it's recommended that you have a meditation cushion that's natural materials so that you're energetically more connected and rooted into the earth while you're sitting on your cushion. So if natural materials are more conductive, wouldn't it stand to reason then that they would more readily absorb and transmit energy from outside of that container? Meaning if we're storing our crystals in a little box or pouch to keep them kind of cleansed and cleared between use, then wouldn't a natural material actually cut down on that effectiveness? So I thought, well, what is the most kind of non-conductive material that I can think of? Like, what is the kind of weirdest material that doesn't transmit energy? And I thought, well, it's probably plastic. Like, plastic to me is such a dead substance, right? So I thought, well, what if I stored my crystals in plastic? And I know what you're thinking. Some of you might be cringing because you're used to that kind of teaching about only storing crystals in natural materials. And I know it seems really counterintuitive 
and really kind of out there to think about even storing your crystals in plastic. But I did find that when they were stored in the plastic containers, there was something that really did kind of cut down on that energy coming in from the outside environment. That's not to say that your crystals won't need cleansing if they've been packed away for some time. Um, this is always, you know, highly recommended, but I did find that it helped reduce the frequency in which I needed to do a little bit of cleansing and charging. So for me, that was kind of a big game changer. And I started working with those little plastic storage containers that have all the little compartments in them. You can get them usually for like three or four dollars at the craft store. You can get them on Amazon and they work really well. So I had all my crystals in those storage containers and I had them all alphabetized so I could find them. But I did find ultimately that was a little bit difficult of a system as well because every time I got a new crystal I had to make more room and kind of scooch everything over and that started to take a really long time once I had quite a lot of crystals. So I started doing storage in those little containers with kind of a numbering system. So I would put one of my crystals in a storage container and all the little compartments were numbered and then there would be a little card that would tell me that crystal's name and locality, where I got the crystal from, um, important information and notes about that stone. And then I would write the compartment number on that little card. And then all the little cards were put in alphabetical order. That way, if I wanted to find all my citrine crystals, I would go to the citrine section in my little cards and I could look through the notes and find, okay, where's that citrine heart I have? Or where's that nice abundance cluster of citrine? And that would all be on the little card and I would be able to go right to that specific compartment, that numbered compartment, and pull out that crystal. So that really helped with my organization once I had a few hundred crystals. Um, and now I'm kind of slimming my crystal collection down a little bit, even though I'm still teaching a lot and I like to show a lot of examples of, you know, a rough stone, a shape stone, a tumbled stone, all those things. And I find it really helpful to have a lot of examples there are just a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of them. So for me at this point, I'm kind of slimming everything down and I'm going back to an alphabetical system, but still using those little compartments. Um, and I'm just finding that to be a really quick and easy way for me to access exactly what I need. And that's kind of for the crystals that I'm not working with right now. At any given time, I also have, you know, a ton of crystals out in my sacred space on my altar, um, malas and jewelry pieces and things like that, that I might be working with a little bit more actively. And those crystals just kind of stay out. And then of course there are the really large pieces that don't fit in those little compartments. And those are kind of out in little crystal terrariums or on shelves, kind of scattered at this point um, in most of the rooms of my home. I have at least a couple stones in each room. And when I was choosing where to put these crystals, I really did it with some intentionality. So for the crystals that you're storing actually out in the open, Think about your purpose behind those crystals. Why did you acquire that specific crystal? Why was it important to add that to your toolkit? And think about where you might most benefit 
from the properties or energetic qualities of that stone and place it in that corresponding area of your home. So if you wanted a crystal for peace and tranquility, maybe you'd put that one in your bedroom. If you had one for group harmony and cooperation, maybe you'd put that in your living room or your kitchen, somewhere your family spends a lot of time together. So really think about that when you are choosing a way to store your larger pieces and where to kind of keep those on display. Another thing that's important to consider with those pieces that are kind of stored out in the open is you want to make sure that you are cleansing those regularly. They're out in your environment, um, you know, taking on the energy of everything that's kind of coming and going in the space, anything that's happening energetically with you or your family, um, with your emotions, just kind of everything that's going on, right? They're really kind of in the thick of it. So cleansing those crystals more frequently is really important just to make sure that their energy vibration is staying nice and clear. So I hope, Terry, that that was a helpful answer to your question. Thank you so much for submitting such a great question. And if you have a question that you want me to answer for you about crystals or spirituality or heart-centered business or anything else that you're curious about right now, go ahead and let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. And now it's time to dive into our main topic for today, the healing properties of angelite. So angelite is a stone for gratitude and angelic connection, kind of above all else. And I wanted to pop in today and start our healing properties episode with a crystal message from angelite. And the message from angelite is, I greet the day with a heart full of gratitude. So this is such a good affirmation to use when you're working with this crystal because angelite is really about Promoting feelings of peace and goodwill and compassion toward all beings and feeling grateful for your life, feeling grateful for the way things are in your life exactly as they are. So many times we tend to look ahead toward the future or think about things that are missing from our lives rather than focusing on the amazing people and beings that we are, and all of the things that we have to be grateful for in our lives. Now, the other kind of main purpose of Angelite is to help enhance connection and communication with the angelic realm. So if this is archangels, your guardian angels, your spirit guides, ascended masters, totem animals, really any higher spiritual beings, angelite helps you connect and communicate with them. It's also a great crystal to use during meditation, uh, particularly if you are meditating to receive some messages or intuitive insight or guidance, but it helps keep you really grounded during your meditation. So it's not one of those stones that takes you way off into these like faraway dimensions like Moldavite or Herkimer Diamond. It really is a very practical meditation crystal, a really practical companion for your meditations. Now, because of its light blue color, it is connected to the throat chakra and helps you voice your inner truth. So this is about getting to those really soul level core truths that you hold within yourself and finding the confidence and the strength to speak up about those, to voice those, and to really share what you feel is important, the truths that you hold inside of yourself. 
It's also a great stone to kind of cool the physical and emotional bodies. So if you're feeling a lot of anger or frustration, sometimes that makes you physically hot. I mean, that term, you know, um, your blood is boiling really comes from that connection, that physiological response that happens when we feel really strong emotions. So if you find yourself struggling with anger, frustration, resentment, and you feel that blood boiling sensation, you have that like hotness, that heat in your body, then reach for a piece of angelite. Angelite cools the emotions and cools the physical body along with them. Another thing that this crystal is really helpful for is for helping people who are here on earth, living their lives on this earth plane, who haven't really fully accepted that. You know, there's that saying that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And for some of us, this is very difficult. We so badly want to be in that other plane of existence where we are infinite beings, where we are soul beings. And that can be a little bit difficult to kind of assimilate with our physical experience here on this earth. And there's a lot of like channelers and psychics and mediums who really go pretty deep into this topic. And I'll say I haven't personally had this experience myself. I love my time on this earth plane and I'm so grateful for it. But I know a lot of people who do kind of tend to struggle with this. And angelite can be the thing that really helps you make sense of why things happen in the physical world the way that they do. And how even though you are a spiritual being, you are this infinite kind of soul being, you have a purpose for the right here and now on the earth plane. So angelite is this soft, pale, baby blue color, and it really is such a gentle energy, and it's a great crystal also for helping promote just general peace and tranquility. So that's one of the reasons it's so good at kind of calming those feelings of anger or frustration, but it really helps you just kind of reset everything mentally and get in that place of tranquility and calm when you need it, whether that's because you're frustrated or you're anxious or worried, or you're just feeling a little bit overwhelmed or stressed out, reach for a piece of angelite because it's a really soothing crystal. Now it works particularly well with people in the zodiac signs of Gemini, Cancer, and Aquarius. It relates to the elements of water and air. Its companion flowers are white violets, and its companion essential oil is jasmine. And I found a great companion crystal for working with the soft blue energy of angelite is purple anhydrite. This is a pretty uncommon stone, but you can find it. It is stunning, stunning, and pairs so well with the energy of angelite. Now, angelite itself is a variety of anhydrite, and it actually, you might not know, this wasn't discovered until 1987, and it comes from Peru, um, but it's a relatively recent discovery. It's since the time of its discovery become a favorite of many New Age crystal lovers because of that really soft, tranquil energy that it embodies and because it's also strongly connected to Archangel Michael. So it helps remove unwanted energies and obstacles from your life path. It also promotes feelings of oneness and helps you facilitate really deep connections with the important people in your life. So one great way to work with angelite, and this is straight from my book, 
crystals for energy healing. Um, while holding an angelite crystal in your hands, just ask for healing and guidance from your spirit guides or guardian angels, or just from the universe. And feel your guides really surrounding you and filling you with the energy of love and healing. Thank your guides for this and pay it forward by offering to send some love and healing of your own from the universe to someone else in need. So that wraps it up for our healing properties of angelite show today, but I did want to dive into our segment trending this week. In this segment, I always bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing or something I'm really enjoying and that I'm really excited about sharing with you. So this week, I want to talk about um, something in the crystal healing world that I am so, so excited about and that I'm really loving, and that is a company called Chila V. Chila V is actually owned and founded by one of uh, Love & Light's amazing students, Kim Sarubi. And Kim has created the most amazing meditation scarves and clothing that actually have crystals embedded in them. So I have, I think I'm on four of these scarves now, and the story behind how Kim creates these is so amazing. So this isn't just a scarf or piece of clothing that has to do with crystals. The way that Kim created these is really amazing. So Kim actually spent some time traveling the world taking crystals to seven of the earth's major sacred sites. And these seven sites are actually related to the earth's chakras. So this is a really cool topic in and of itself. And maybe I'll have to have Kim on the show for an interview um, about this sometime. But basically the earth itself also has seven chakra centers, just like we do. And these are located at seven very sacred sites. So Kim chose a crystal to correspond to each of the earth's chakras, and she traveled to that area of the earth, charged up these crystals that were related to that particular chakra at that actual sacred site. And it's really cool because she actually has video of the crystals in each of these sacred sites being charged up there. And then these crystals are actually sewn into her garments. So there's clothing and the scarves, which are the thing that I'm really obsessed with, these meditation scarves. So you have these beautiful natural fabrics, these amazing crystals, and they're kind of put into the ends of the scarf so that if you are wearing the scarf like a prayer shawl, you can actually hold the crystals between the thumb and fingers on each hand. So it's a great way to just remind you to be kind of mindful and really in the present moment. And you have this amazing energy with you all the time. So you get this fantastic kind of healing energy combined with this beautiful natural fiber scarf. And I am just in love with these. I've become obsessed. Um, not only do I wear them, but a lot of times on Instagram, some of the photos that I post, the beautiful fabrics that you see in the background are Kim's scarves. And so if you want to check these out, even if you just want to watch the videos and watch these beautiful crystals being charged up in different sacred sites all over the world, be sure to check out Chila V. It's chilavie.com, C-H-I-L-A-V-I-E 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. And there's a tab right at the top for the videos. And you can check out these videos from Mount Shasta and Uluru and the Amazon jungle, the Great Pyramids, Glastonbury Tour, Stonehenge, the Sedona Vortex, um, places in Scotland and Tibet. I mean, it's so, so cool to see what Kim has created. And watching these videos is like a meditative experience in and of itself. So definitely check those out. Um, it's really like nothing else I've seen uh, out there and something that's pretty cool. So I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash listen. And while you're there, you can subscribe through that link as well. Don't forget, we're not just on iTunes anymore. You can find us pretty much anywhere that you can enjoy your favorite podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And if you do decide to take just a minute to leave me a review, I'll give you my Crystal Chakra Healing Step-by-Step class as a free gift. This is about an hour-long mini class that goes through the seven chakras and teaches you how to balance these chakras with crystals. So once you've posted your review, just take a screenshot of it and send it to me at support at loveandlighthealingschool.com and my team and I will get your class set up and reply back with details about how you can get started. So I did just want to take a moment for a quick shout out and thank you for an amazing review from iPod Girl. iPod Girl says, delightful host and interesting info. Ashley shares interesting information in a positive and inspiring manner. The episodes are a great length and I've really been enjoying the show. So iPod Girl, thank you so, so much for sharing your beautiful review. I am so grateful that you took the time to do that. Uh, It really helps us reach new listeners new listeners, and our amazing little crystal tribe right here in this corner of the internet. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.